Blog Talk Radio. SummerSlam 2014. It is a special edition SummerSlam pregame show right here, the Ken Reedy Show. We got so much to talk about tonight. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show. You want to go over there, like us, get involved in the conversation. We got a show chat up there right now. We want to hear your predictions. What do you think is going to happen tonight at the second biggest pay-per-view for the calendar year for the WWE, be sure to get over there on our Facebook page. Check it out. Check us out on Twitter. We're on the Twitter, at the Ken Reedy Show is our Twitter handle. And as always, you can always check out our website, thekenreedyshow.com. Very excited tonight. Big party feel, big atmosphere, big event feel for this SummerSlam. The biggest party of the summer. And right here... In the Ken Reedy Show studios, I think as, as we've gotten some, some guests, it's going to be a packed house tonight, which should be a really fun night. And as, as this night is, is so special and SummerSlam is so important, you know, it's not a night to miss. It's not a night to, to, to take off. And as I was, I was on vacation, I went away this weekend, went down to the Jersey Shore for a little while, get my beach on for a little bit, and then raced back here to make sure I'm here for you guys to do this show, to talk SummerSlam tonight, and my co-host, as I usually say, all the way from beautiful Connecticut, this week, he is the traveling co-host, he is the roaming co-host, on his way back from his weekend away, he would not be deterred, he would not miss this, he is on board to talk some SummerSlam, Dave, how are you doing this evening? I am on the road again, and yes, I couldn't miss the SummerSlam show, so I'm currently right now in my car in the passenger seat, I'm being safe about this, doing this show for all of you, for the Ken Reedy Show family. So I'm I'm really looking forward to tonight and SummerSlam and and what it's got to be. And for some of you out there listening, if you're you're wondering, you hear any horns honking or maybe George, the the, the school booth guy in Worcester, Mass., you know, yelling at me, 
I'm on the road. I'm on the way back. I'm doing the show. I'm getting ready to go home so I can watch WWE SummerSlam on the WWE Network for only $9.99 a month. $9.99. That's it? Only $9.99 a month? That's right. Only $9.99 a month. You know what the thing is, too? You know, WWE Network says they give you your most bang for your buck for $9.99 a month. But if you listen to this show, we give you plenty of bang for your buck, and you don't have to pay $9.99 a month. I think you get to pay... uh, Three ninety nine, F R E E, ninety nine. I think that that is correct. You know, and that's a, that's a good point. So as the WWE continues to toot their own horn on giving you the most bang for your buck, the most bang for your buck is actually right here at the Ken Reed Show as we talk wrestling. And it's interesting as we talk about the network and we reference the network. And as you mentioned, and I don't know if everyone knows it, at only nine ninety nine a month. Watching today, and they have SummerSlam 2013 has an airing, and I'm always staggered, you know, with, you know, you get caught up into it, and I'm, I'm very much an in-the-now kind of person, and I'm, you know, I just, I, I live for today, and, and just, and then when today ends, I'll forget it, um, and, and, you know, especially with wrestling, there's no reruns, there's no repeats, uh, you just keep going, storylines begin, they end, characters move on, they change, it's, it's amazing, how quickly things turn over in professional wrestling, and how much difference a year makes. As SummerSlam 2013 playing on the network, which, by the way, is only $9.99 a month. During this, this broadcast, during SummerSlam 2013, Alberto Del Rio enters and leaves SummerSlam as the world heavyweight champion a mere 365 days ago, one year ago, at last year's SummerSlam, and now at this moment, as we're in 2014, leaves the WWE or fired uh, for for stuff going on uh, behind the scenes, getting in an altercation, supposedly at, at catering. And, you know, Dave, when I hear the story about what happened with Del Rio, as much as I'm there... And I'm thinking, our physical violence is bad. You never put your hands on someone else. As soon as you put your hands on someone, uh, you know, you're in the wrong. However, if the reports are true and the comments that were made were made and they were kind of racially charged and you don't have that kind of friendship with someone and you don't apologize, I got to admit, as a man, I'm kind of siding with Del Rio here that it sounds like this guy kind of deserve to get smacked. So, unfortunately, a guy who's very talented, gone from the WWE, Del Rio, fired. Not going to be at SummerSlam 2014, obviously. Just a really odd uh, sequence of events to, to end Del Rio's WWE career, Dave. Yeah. Um, the whole thing was, uh, you know, the story that I'm hearing was that it was, it, it sounded very racially charged, like you, like you had mentioned. Uh, you know, a story that was that's making the rounds that seems to be the most consistent one going out there. Um, that allegedly this individual was eating and catering. Uh, this Scott Barbieri, I believe his name is, if I pronounced it correctly, um, from the social media department of WWE. Above somebody pretty high up in the social media department in WWE. Um, and uh, this individual was told that he needed to clean his plate um, after he got done eating and catering. By who? We don't know. And he made a reference that it was Del Rio's job, implying that, you know, Del Rio is, is like, unfortunately, I hate to say it, but he's the help. 
you know. Uh, it, it, it's bad to say, but that's what some people feel about, you know, Latin Americans and some other, you know, races out there. Uh, I don't feel that way personally, but this is what this individual, I guess, allegedly felt. Del Rio got wind of it, and he confronted the individual, and the individual basically just kind of laughed it off like it wasn't a big deal, and then Del Rio slapped him. Um, and uh, shortly after that, the rumor I'm hearing was that he was just going to be suspended. Um, and it was, the suspension was going to last until, you know, after tonight's SummerSlam. But this indiv- the individual in the social media department had threatened legal action against WWE, and WWE felt they had no choice but to, um, to release Alberto Del Rio. Now, a lot of people out there are probably thinking, well, that's awful. He made a racially charged comment towards him. I don't blame Del Rio for acting the way he did. However, Del Rio has been publicly stating in media as well as the people within WWE that once his contract were set to expire, which I believe would be at the end of team, if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong, that he wanted to go back to Mexico. He wanted to wrestle in Mexico where he got his start, where he became a big name um, under uh, a mask, uh, in a Dos Cotters Jr., uh, son of Dos Carter Sr., who's a big Mexican legend, and the nephew of Bill Mascaris, WWE Hall of Famer. Allegedly, Del Rio didn't have any serious goals about wrestling in the United States. It was something he wanted to do, but if it didn't happen, it wasn't going to break his heart, I guess. And apparently he's financially secure from the time that he had spent Mexico wrestling and the name that he made for himself. So that was the rumor. So from what I'm thinking is, is if he slapped this guy and they fired him, it was no big deal to him because he wanted to leave to begin with. Other stories I've heard is that he was pretty infuriated that he got fired and this other individual didn't. But apparently this other individual has threatened legal action. So um, it's one thing if you were to go ahead and slap one of the wrestlers and, you know, the, the guy can fight back. I don't know what this guy looks like, what his, what his you know, stature is. However, um, Del Rio just shouldn't have slapped the guy, bottom line. He's corporate. They are a corporation. Um, they are a publicly traded company. It's just something that you do want, you do that, you send it sort of bad opinion. And uh, despite what the guy said, it just it, it, the whole thing shouldn't happen to begin with. But Del Rio, apparently, his future now is in Mexico with, with the AAA promotion. Once his 90-day non-compete clause ends with WWE, um, he was at a press conference with AAA this past week announcing he'll be at their uh, Triple Mania pay-per-view event coming up soon. And he has changed his name. He no longer will wrestle as Alberto Del Rio. He'll be known as uh, El Patron. So... Um, the future of Alberto Del Rio has been determined, and unfortunately it was a, it was a bad sign for the way he left WWE. Um, but I guess, uh, you know, better things are to come for him and for WWE. Yeah, it's really, you know, again, it's, it's really a shame because the guy, you know, I always liked Del Rio. I like what he brought to the table. I, I, you know, I, I like this character. A guy, you know, that, can talk as well as, uh, you know, brought some quality uh, in-ring work as well. You know, a guy that, uh, you know, he was a total package. Uh, liked, liked a lot, you know, uh, obviously as of late, I don't think he was being used uh, in the best possible way. But uh, a guy who was very talented, a guy you could probably put in a program with just about anybody and, and figure out a way to, to make it work. And it's, it's a shame how his career in the WWE 
uh, has has come to an end. And and who knows? I mean, we this might not be the last that we're hearing of of this incident as we go forward. Again, um, you know, the individual that made the comments uh, that's that's those comments are inappropriate. And you know, I mean. If you have a friendly relationship with someone, that's one thing. I mean, when you're friends and you're different, you know, you you can make racially charged jokes and you, you, you know, you, you laugh it off because you're friends. Um, if you don't have that friendly sort of relationship with someone, uh, it is, uh, those comments are incredibly inappropriate. So it'll be interesting to see if there are any more or any further ramifications coming out of uh, this storyline. Interesting stuff, you know. I did find it interesting as, as you know, we head into SummerSlam and the go-home show for Monday Night Raw, uh, you know, they scheduled Hulk Hogan's birthday celebration, um, which wound up being just kind of the end of the show, doing a little, uh, this is your life, guys coming out. It's cool seeing a nice uh, reunion of the NWO, um, you know, and it, and it was cool. And we, uh, you guys who aren't aware of this, uh, the Peppermill South in Congress, New York, they hosted actually, we had a special uh Hulk Hogan birthday celebration. Uh, they created the atomic leg drop shot. So there's an actual Hulk Hogan shot that's being served throughout the night. So up until the NFL season begins, uh, the Peppermill Sound and Congress will actually be playing Raw with the sound on. So come on down on Monday nights. Uh, check out Monday Night Raw at the Peppermill South. But we had a good time last week. Uh, celebrating Hulk Hogan's birthday. It was cool, man. The bar was packed. People had their Hulk Hogan shirts on. Uh, it was a good good crew out. Um, and interesting, as, as we come out of Monday night with Hulk Hogan's birthday celebration, Hulk Hogan is able to keep himself in the news, and maybe not by his own doing, but uh, interesting that Stone Cold Steve Austin comes out and says that he's a bigger legend than Hulk Hogan. And albeit they're both legends, in this wonderful sport that we're all fans of, pro wrestling. Uh, it was interesting for Austin to take that shot. Obviously, there's a history with these two. Um, and it sparks some, uh, you know, comments on our Facebook page. If you want to chime in, head over to Facebook.com slash The Ken Reedy Show. Who do you think was a bigger legend? Um, for this wrestling fan right now, and, and I'm a confirmed Hulkamaniac, so I will put my bias out there right away. However, I don't even think it takes the bias. I don't think it's even close. Um, Austin did a lot for the industry. Don't get me wrong. Austin was incredibly popular. Uh, you know, a lot of great moments in his career. But I don't even think it's a comparison as far as the biggest legends uh, in the sport. Hulk Hogan, a main eventer for the, the better part uh, of 20 years. Um, he put wrestling on the map in the 80s. Uh, you know, the Andre the Giant moment, cover of Sports Illustrated. Uh, come the 90s, you know, he, he makes WCW relevant, sets the wrestling world on its ear with the NWO formation. You know, and during the Monday Night Wars, I mean, re- revisionist history and, you know, everyone wants to put like, you know, the, the 80s was Hulk. It, it's, it's a kind of an easy argument that people love to say the 80s was Hulk Hogan, the 90s was Austin. But with the NWO, with WCW, what WCW did as far as pushing the WWE, you could honestly make a legitimate case that Hulk Hogan was the wrestler of the 90s as well. Um, I Personally, I'd probably lean towards Austin, but you could make that argument that Hulk Hogan was the wrestler of the 90s as well. I personally, for me, 
I don't think it's, it's even a debate. I think it's silly for Austin to bring it up. Uh, you know, if Austin wants to say we're all legends, that's fine. If he wants to say, you know, I was the, the champion of the Attitude Era, that's fine, too. But as far as you want to talk to me who is the biggest legend in, in pro wrestling, uh, I sorry, Steve, as great as you were, I, I just can't, can't buy that. In fact, for me, I think a more interesting debate would be who has a bigger legacy or who's the bigger legend and debate The Rock versus Stone Cold. As far as Austin versus Hogan, I don't think it's any comparison. Your thoughts, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I, I will agree with you. I'm a, I'm a tried and true Hulkamaniac, and uh, you know, both guys made huge contributions to the wrestling business and what they did. I said it on Facebook. Hogan put the business on the map and Austin kept it there. Um, but I do agree with you. You can make a strong case that Hogan you know, was a, a big name in the 90s, too, because of the heel turn and the NWO and everything that that brought. Like you said, if it wasn't for WCW and the NWO storyline and how good that was, maybe that wasn't, maybe that wasn't going to spark the, the, the Attitude Era. I mean, who knows? But Hogan had a longer run on top. Austin probably was on top for, I'd say, a good three maybe four years at the most, at the most. So, um, I, hands down, if it wasn't for Hulk Hogan and the rock and wrestling era, I don't think there would, would have been an attitude era. Yes, the new generation of the WWE and, and you know, with Shawn Michaels and Bret Hart, and, you know, Diesel and, and those names that had kind of held it together for a while, um, they – I mean, it was a dark time in WWE at the time. They had some great matches moments, but the product wasn't on fire until it got to that attitude era with Austin. And I think a lot of wrestling fans, they skip over that period, which rightfully rightfully so, because it's really forgettable uh, most of that period. So you go from Hogan and the Rock and Wrestling era in the 80s to Austin and the attitude era in the late 90s. And... Uh, I don't think that the Attitude Era would have been possible if it wasn't for, like you said, the NWO storyline and Hulk Hogan, you know, spearheading that. And I think personally, too, Austin also had a lot of help from other guys, too, to make that era. Hogan kind of did it on his own in the beginning, if you you really want to cut down to it. So if it wasn't for Hogan, this this business wouldn't be, you know, wouldn't, wouldn't have existed, you know, sports entertainment. That's, that's my feeling. Hogan all the way. And, and you know, and it, it's honestly, it's, it's a shame that it was even brought up. I mean, it's so tough to compare errors and compare, you know, who did what and, and you know, for Austin to come out. And, and we know that, like, for years there's stories, there's bad blood, there's heat between Hogan and Austin. Um, but, I mean... Well, for, for, you know, you just got to look at what Hogan did. I mean, going back to, you know, and, and Hogan, like, granted, and, and I love Hogan. Uh, you know, he, he's, he's great at self-promotion. Um, you know, I mean, going, yes. going back, uh, you know what, I'm trying to remember now. I mean, he loves to talk about him and Andre at a Shea Stadium in 1978. But correct me if I'm wrong, but the, the real main event of that, wasn't that uh, Bruno and Zabisco? Yes, correct. Bruno yeah, so, was the one that, that, that sold the house that night. Yeah, so as much as, yeah, it was, you know, Hogan and Andre, and, and you know, I'm sure a lot of people were, were captivated by, you know, two behemoths like that in the ring at Shea Stadium. And, you know, what a great 
upsetting it was. Uh, you know, and, and I get, like, Hulk Hogan loves to say, you know, me and Andre sold out Shea Stadium. Well, you, you know, maybe, you, I'm sure you helped. But the Bruno Zabisco really was the, the, the match that kind of sold out Shea Stadium. So, you know, Hogan is great, perhaps the king at self-promotion, but there's no denying, uh, you know, there might not even be a WrestleMania if not for Hulk Hogan. So it's really difficult to, to when, when you, you try to make that comparison, who's, and you're using the term legend and legacy. Uh, yeah, it's just, uh, I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, it's difficult to really, you know, compare, have anybody. And, it, and it's, honestly, it's unfair. It's unfair, I think, for fans. I mean, Austin did it himself. I think it's unfair for fans to draw that comparison. Hulk Hogan is just, as far as legend in the sport, it's it's just no comparison. It's it's tough to put anybody in that category. I mean, and you're talking, you know, way back in the, in the early '80s, late '70s, where he's venturing into main event status, and then he steals the show in 2002 at WrestleMania 18. I and mean, it's just it's. There's, you just can't compare, really, the two careers. And, and as, as great as Austin is, was, you know, you just, it, it's just not, it's not a good comparison. Like I said, I think the, the more interesting debate would be who has uh, the greater legacy or who's a bigger legend, uh, The Rock or, or Stone Cold. Both of them were main eventers for around the same amount of years. Uh, both of them around the same era, um, you know, both of them, you know, and they had a period of time where they were both competing for that top spot in the company. Uh, that might be an interesting debate. Uh, personally, I would probably say as, as far as in wrestling, I would go with Austin over The Rock. But I think that's more of a debate than really debating anybody versus Hulk Hogan. And it's no disrespect intended. It's just that, that's, that's, uh, it's Hulk Hogan. I mean, it's, it's Hulk Hogan. So uh, anyway, yeah, getting back to Monday Night Raw, I thought it was, you know, Dave, it wasn't a huge deal. Uh, you know, they didn't do, it wasn't all of Raw. Uh, it was the end. It, it worked. It was fun. Good seeing the NWO again. Hogan ripping, ripping off the red and yellow to reveal the black and white underneath. Uh, you know, Scott Hall, survey time. It, it was all fun stuff. I... I Mr. Wonderful's mustache scared the hell out of me. Uh, you know, it, you know, Piper being there. It was just, it was fun stuff. It was fun, nostalgic stuff. Uh, it, you know, everything that happened, it got a peppermill pop. Uh, and it was good. And then obviously uh, Brock coming out to uh, interrupt the celebration. So with that, with everything else, I think, you know, we, we've set up moving into SummerSlam. It's all been set up pretty well. Um, I, I think you got a lot of really good matches as we move into what we're going to get out of SummerSlam tonight. And, and let's talk a little bit. We're going to get into it match by match. We're going to take your calls. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. We want to know what you think. But as we get into this SummerSlam, we start giving it, you know, a bit of an overview. And as we talked earlier on, as, as we were talking about, you know, SummerSlam and, and the network, which, by the way, is only nine ninety nine a month. Um, they need to sell. They need to sell. They're pushing this network. They need new subscribers. And it's, it's moving in a good direction. As we've talked before on this show, it is 
the good thing about the network for the wrestling fan is we have talked for years about competition breeding a better product. And we need another company to, to step up and, and, and share the WWE at least a little bit to make them put out a better product. Well, you know what? That has not happened. Definitively, that has not happened. But with the advent of this network, the WWE has put themselves in competition with themselves. And that's a good thing for a wrestling fan. And as I look down this card, just about every match on the card has some history, has some storytelling, has some potential to be uh, you know, a real good match. you got a couple of matches out there that got potential to be show stealers, uh, top to bottom, one through nine, uh, counting the pre-show match. You know, everything... You know, it looks like kind of a stacked card. It's SummerSlam. It's the second biggest show of the year. Maybe we get some cameos. Do we have the NWO show up again? Do we have Hogan there? Do we have some other historical figures show up? Perhaps. But I I like the looks of this card. There's a number of matches you could look at and say, wow, that could steal the show. Who knows which match will wind up being the show stealer. But I'll tell you, Dave, top to bottom, it's a pretty decent card. Oh, absolutely. I mean, if you if you really think about it, you know, going back, you know, in, in most recent memory, most recent years, you know, and especially with WWE and their formula with pay-per-views, sometimes heading into the go-home Monday Night Raw for a pay-per-view, they would only maybe have, like, three or four matches scheduled, main event and, like, the two top matches, and then they'll just kind of throw the rest of the card together at the last minute. I noticed that not this past Monday, but the previous Monday, they had all eight matches on the card settled before they even aired SmackDown the pre- you know, that, that, that Friday, which says something about how important the card is and how important it is for them to have these matches set in stone and for people to be, you know, for, for the writers to have the fans to do these storylines so much and not feel like it's just something that's been thrown together which I think is a testament to WWE that they have done that, and it shows how important SummerSlam is in their eyes for this being the second biggest show of the year. So I thought that was pretty cool because when we were younger, we used to watch pay-per-views, you would have that card finalized within two or three weeks before the show started, and maybe you'd get a last-minute edition. Nowadays, you get two or three matches advertised, and then the rest kind of get thrown together. So I thought it was pretty cool. I liked it. And overall, like you said, there's a lot of history in each match involved, there's something invested. They put a, they, they've done a good job at keeping all the storylines and the matches for tonight's pay-per-view, giving them enough time on television to build to it, towards it. So I think this is probably one of the best built SummerSlam pay-per-views in quite a while. Um, and some matches have been built better than others, and some have surprisingly have been built really well, like the women's match uh, with Stephanie and, uh, and, and Brie Bella tonight. That's probably one of the most anticipated matches on the card because of the stuff that has taken place on Raw and how well they have told that story. So, overall, I think the buildup has been good, and I, um, and I think that tonight they will deliver on tonight being the second biggest show of the year. And I, I'll go on record and make a bold statement that things you will see tonight are going to plant some seeds and set the wheels in motion for what could take place at WrestleMania next year. 
It happened last year when they started the authority storyline with Daniel Bryan. I think we're going to see something like that tonight. With, with I don't know what match, but I think we'll see something like that that's going to foreshadow what you could possibly see at WrestleMania next year in California. I agree with you. I think we're going to see the seeds planted at least uh, uh, heading towards WrestleMania 31. I love what they've done. I, I mean, you know, you kind of hit, you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, they, they've developed all these storylines. Um, it, it's got a good good feel. It, it's top to bottom. Uh, you know, like, I mean, look, it, it's wrestling. Things happen. I'm sure there'll probably be a clunker in there. You know, there's going to be a match that doesn't deliver. It happens. But on paper, it's, it's, a, it's a pretty stacked card. And, and we're going to get into it a little later because there's a lot to discuss with Cena and Brock Lesnar and all the ramifications and where they could go with this. And that's, that's your main event tonight, so we're going to tease that, but we're going to get to that a little later on. But I've got to tell you, Dave, they've done such a great job at giving that a big fight feel. And not, not just not a wrestling match, a big fight feel. It's got that, you know, the commercials for SummerSlam. It's, it's, it's almost like it's a boxing match or an, an ultimate fighting match. It's, they've, they've done a really nice job at marketing this. And again, when we've talked about the network, the biggest thing with the network is, you know, for us, for you and I, Dave, for other hardcore wrestling fans, for, for the, the strong in the, in the TKRS army that, that support us, for us hardcore wrestling fans, all right, as soon as the network came out, we're going out to buy it, okay? But for us, the bottom line is the WWE is losing money on us. We're the guys that were spending $50, $60 a month for pay-per-views. Now we're spending 10 okay? The WWE knew they were going to bring us in. What they wanted with this network is to grab the casual fans. And I think that's where they're having some difficulty. I think they'll get there. I think they will. But they're casual fans for a reason. Once they start to really grasp the fact that, you know, once you spend money on a couple of pay-per-views, the network is already paying for itself, they're going to come around. So I think that the way they advertised this pay-per-view, the way it was, it really came off as, as, not a typical wrestling event. It was something that, that grabbed your eye. If you weren't a wrestling fan and you were in a bar and the commercial for SummerSlam popped on, it was something different. It wasn't a typical wrestling uh, commercial. And I think that is good for the WWE. I love the, the montage uh, of uh, you know Cena and Brock training in the commercial. It just really added to, as much as, like we said, Dave, the, the SmackDown, Raw, everything leading up to this has done a great job at building the storylines. I even think the WWE has hit the nail on the head, and even the commercials have been great at really giving this a big fight feel. Absolutely. I mean, the, like you said, the production values, and you know, if you're just a regular Joe in a bar or even at home watching it, the, the commercial flips on. I mean, you know, you know WWE is wrestling, however, but... Like you said, they produced those commercials like it was a boxing fight or an MMA or UFC match when you know, the biggest fight of the summer. And uh, the, the whole production of it, you know, and the commercial was just absolutely incredible. And I think, too, you know, we'll get into it later, how they produced the buildup towards John Cena and Brock Lesnar with some of those videos that they've shown has been tremendous. Um, so they've done a great job. I think this match could potentially help 
get these casual viewers to subscribe to the network. And then once they see all the content they had missed from years past and stuff that they had forgotten about or that they remember that's in their library, then they'll be hooked. And you'll get those you'll get those viewers. So I think Cena and Lesnar helped it. Who's to say though, and there's a there's a debate going on that I've I've read. Who's to say though that we'd get the same result if it was the rumored Brock Lesnar Daniel Bryan match? And that's the that's a question in my mind that's been kind of burning for me because I'm a big Daniel Bryan fan and I've and I've been disappointed that you know he he's he's had to miss out on some pretty interesting stuff. Not saying that the WWE's product has been horrible without him because it hasn't. It's, it's been it's been pretty solid since WrestleMania. Um, but John Cena is a bigger name than Daniel Bryan to a casual viewer, and. Um, I don't. I personally don't think as big of a Daniel Bryan fan as I am that Daniel Bryan Brock Lesnar would have gotten casual viewers to want to subscribe to the WWE Network to just see that one match on tonight's SummerSlam event. I agree with you. I, I think there is, you know, as much as as a hardcore wrestling fan, you love Daniel Bryan. You love what he brings to the table for a casual fan. I mean, I remember going back a few years when when The Miz was uh, WWE champion. Is uh, my stomach turning? What was that? I'd like to erase that memory. <laughs> exactly. But I remember, again, telling casual fans, talking to casual fans, uh, talking to people who, who uh, were wrestling fans that got away from it. And it was, you know, I don't care. You know, wrestling fans, say what you will. Size matters, especially the people who do not watch on a regular basis. And I remember friends of mine who were big fans in, in the Attitude Era that fell away from it, and they're like, well, who's the champ now? And I'm like, yeah, it's that guy, The Miz. Like, The Miz, who's that? You know, The Miz. Like, oh, that little guy who was on the reality shows. Like, yeah, like, oh, my God, he's the champion? How could he be? So there is something to be said for size and, and you know, how to bring in that casual viewer. A guy like Cena, he looks like an athlete. He looks like a wrestler. And I agree with you. And who knows? Maybe the marketing scheme would have been different uh, if uh, Daniel Bryant was here right now. But... As far as, you know, I don't know, you know, maybe we would have gotten a better match if Daniel Bryan was here. That remains to be seen going into tonight. But we do have that big fight feel going into SummerSlam. Let's hear what some of our fans are thinking. Because over on the Ken Reedy Show on Facebook, that's Facebook.com slash the Ken Reedy Show, we asked your SummerSlam predictions. Steve Token Munch said, Lesnar wins, Rollins loses his match, but wins the belt. Sister turns on sister. That's what the Bellas. Bray wins. Cesaro loses as usual. Rusev wins. Our buddy Mike Ferrara. Brock wins. Swagger wins. Miz wins. Steph wins. Paige wins. Roman wins. And Bray wins. Mr. Trivia. Taker. We're going to get an Undertaker sighting. Taker. Causes Cena to... Causes Lesnar to lose. And the rest, who cares? So, Mr. Trivia... Not a big fan of the card. Manuel Schneider. Oh, you're about to waste your $9.99. <laughs> Manuel Schneider, Paul Heyman, turns on Brock Lesnar. Oh, no, the dreaded Cena turns heel, which puts him as a Paul Heyman guy. Doubt that's going to happen, but I would love to see it. And Eric Olsen, his prediction, blood urine and vomit so there you have it some of the predictions from our fans head on over to our facebook page again facebook.com slash the ken reedy show let's go out to the phones as well because we want to hear from you what are your thoughts 
347-838-9815. And we got Anthony on the line. Hey, Anthony, are you there? What's going on, guys? Not much. How you doing? What do you got for us? Good. Long time no talk. How's everything? Pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. Uh, real quick, before I get into SummerSlam, uh, I just want to give a quick local pop because I was at the uh, NEW Bethany show last night. And after 1,052 days, there was a title change. Uh, Brian Anthony actually lost the title to Matt Taven. But uh, it was another outstanding show for many W's. So if anybody that listens is in the area and never been there, you got to go. NEW Bethany is amazing. You have a great time. That's cool, man. You know, and I've, I've heard a lot of good things about NEW Bethany. And uh, love it when, when people call in and they give us uh, a little bit of the indie flavor. So thanks for the update. What are your thoughts uh, looking at SummerSlam, the card, and uh, uh, everything involved? I think I think it's great. I think top to bottom, it's a big pay-per-view feel, uh, especially as you guys mentioned with the Cena and Lesnar big fight feel thing. I'm excited for that fight, uh, even though... I kind of think Brock's going to win. You never know, but I kind of i am leaning towards Brock. I'll be rooting for Cena, but I think I'm leaning towards Brock there. And there's actually one match that surprises me that I'm looking forward to, but I really am, is the Stephanie and Brie match. Only because I think the promos that they've caught up going into it have been great. I think Stephanie's been great. I'm not a huge fan of Brie, but... About six, eight agree. months ago, I wasn't sold with Stephanie, but lately she, her promos have been, like, awesome. Like, it's like, wow, this is Vince's daughter. You, like, you could just see it. <laughs> it's awesome because, you know, you say that, and, and, you know, we do, as much as sometimes the show seems very free-flowing, and, uh, you know, Dave and I, we, we kind of talk beforehand, and, and we outline the show, and that's exactly what I said to, to Dave. I was just, well, Stephanie, that's, she's Vince's daughter. It's pretty obvious, and uh, yeah, I agree with you, man. You know, how often has there been uh, a match with the ladies that you, you know that that has actually quote a big fight feel? Uh, you know, it's I, I I can't really remember the last time. I, I think it, it's brought a uh, you know a different flavor. Uh, it, it's you know for the second biggest pay per view of the year for uh, Stephanie to be returning to the ring. Uh, is a good thing for the pay-per-view. Uh, you know, it, it's. Uh, I think she's been great. I agree with you. I'm not the biggest uh, Brie Bella fan. Uh, I've never been a big fan of the Bellas as a whole, of what they really bring to the table. Um, you know, they're eye candy as far as I'm concerned. But it, it, it continues to keep Daniel Bryant somewhat relevant. Um, you know, I love the fact that Stephanie mockingly uses the yes chant. Uh, you're right, man. It's 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 weird that you're going into a pay-per-view, and I think you know you're not alone. I think for a lot of people, you know, they might be looking at Brock Cena as their top match that they're looking forward to. But uh, Stephanie and 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 Brie, it's right up there. Yeah, I think it's a good it's a good storyline. You know, there's a, there's some violence and hatred there, which you haven't really got with the ladies in a long time. You know that much. So I think it's cool. And the other match is uh, Ambrose and Rollins. I really want to see because obviously they gave us that tease at Battleground, which we really didn't get to see the match. So I'm looking forward to that match too because I think that will be a really good one. In-ring stuff will be really good there. And Reigns and Orton, it should be an okay match, a a good match. Uh, 
I'm looking forward to that. I'm not. Their work has been okay together. I don't know if it's been great, and uh, I'm hopeful that uh, Jericho and Bray have a better performance than at a battleground. Maybe Jericho is a little ring rust or whatever. So I think that that could bring fun to it too by being a better match than it was last month. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I, I you know the, the Bray Jericho. I mean, maybe we're looking at a, a dark horse kind of match right there. You know, uh, two very talented individuals that you know we discussed. Uh, Last month, just just not a program that's really grabbed us, where you would expect two guys like that, you know, really would have, like, you know, the big storyline coming into SummerSlam. It just, it's kind of, I don't know, it's been a little lackluster, but again, on paper, you know, I mean, Jericho's not a guy who's a big fan of mediocrity. Do they up their game at SummerSlam, and, and do they put on a, a show-stealer-type matchup? What are your thoughts on that, Dave? Uh, the, the Jericho match? Yeah. Yeah, the Jericho match. I mean, I, I, Jericho's a talented performer, and I think you know on a big stage like SummerSlam with a guy like Bray Wyatt, you know, he's he's going in there with a plan as, as far as trying to get this guy over and make him you know into a, a household name someday. So um, I think I think there is, you know, like you said, it could have been Ring Rust first, you know, first pay per view match back last month at Battleground. So I think things will be a little bit different. I think we'll see some different elements to the match. Uh, the rumor is that he's going to be around until Night of Champions. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was something that took place in this match to set you up for next month and maybe they'll have some kind of stipulation behind it. But um, overall, I think it should be a, an excellent match between the two, hopefully. If tonight, if tonight's a, a clunker, as, as Ken would say, then I think the, the in-ring chemistry between these two um, been a, a big disappointment for this for this storyline, in my opinion. You know, Ken and I spoke Anthony earlier, um, and I, I I mentioned this, and I said it you know a few weeks ago that it just seems to be the same thing over and over again with Jericho and Wyatt. And I kind of liked how Monday they had the face to face conversation between the two of each other. They built it up, and it was something different for this storyline. Something that you saw Bray Wyatt a little bit out of his element. But there, the delivery just wasn't there for me. It was just kind of the same stuff they said to each other, but in person in front of each other. And I, and hopefully tonight makes up for it. Uh, but it's just, this is just kind of been a rehash of what he did with Cena, in, in my opinion. Hopefully they can turn it around. Yeah, absolutely, I agree. It definitely has been kind of like, uh, kind of been like Gray's kind of the way he's gone after Jericho has been a lot like the Cena thing too. So, but I'm hoping the match will be maybe better. Um, and if I could, before I let you guys go, I just wanted to uh, weigh in on the Hogan uh, Austin argument real quick. Oh yeah, definitely. I have to. I have. To, even though I'm more of a Rock Austin guy, and obviously I watched wrestling back then too, but I was always a big Ultimate War. I've never been the biggest Hogan guy ever. But as far as bigger stars, I got to go with Hogan. It's just. For, he's been the top guy for so long, and he did so much. Uh, I, I don't think Austin was on top long enough to be to be thrown Hogan. I, that's just my opinion. I for the the time period Austin was there, I personally I would take Austin in in that respect. But as far as the whole career, to me, it's not even close. Uh, yeah, I think you're preaching to the choir here. I I agree. I mean, it just it's it's. 
I, to me, it's just not even worth like really the debate. It's just let's let's have Austin. Austin can have his attitude error, and he's the guy for that era. But overall legacy, uh, it's just no one can really touch Hogan. It's just it's it's a different animal altogether. Anthony, thank you for the call, and uh, have your round. Give us a call tomorrow night because we'll be back on the air tomorrow night to get you ready for Monday Night Raw and to give reaction to tonight's SummerSlam event. Thanks for the phone call. We'll talk to you soon. All right, guys. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Enjoy the show. Take it easy. Thanks. You too. Good stuff from Anthony going into the, yeah, and it, you know, it's interesting looking at this, this card and, uh, you know, it's just, it's weird. And we've had this conversation before, but I find it as, as the words are coming out of my mouth, I find it weird that I'm saying, yeah, Bray Wyatt and Chris Jericho just aren't delivering. That just doesn't seem right to me. Like, how am I actually saying that, that they're, they're not delivering, but it's just, it's been Kind of a little bit slow moving, like Anthony said, kind of, you know, a lot of similarities to the Cena thing. So it's, we've kind of seen this before. I, I, I'm just hoping that, like, you know, the, the guys just, as much as the storyline has been kind of dragging a bit, that they, they kind of blow the doors off tonight and we get a real, like, you know, real good match out of the two of them. But I, I don't know about you, Dave, but do, do you find yourself, like, as, as you say that, that it hasn't really delivered yet, that it's almost weird that you're like two guys as talented as these two, you're just saying, yeah, they're not delivering? I'm surprised by it. I mean, you know, I I go back and I look and, you know, the stuff that Wyatt did with Cena, to me, like, in my mind, turned him into a made guy. Like, he he, he he was a name, he was a player. I mean, before that, he had potential, and he had an intriguing character and something that was different, you know, for the product, for the, for the WWE PG product. And I thought, well, let's see how well he does with a big name. And he proved that with him Cena. So when Jericho came back and they decided to pair him with Jericho, I thought, oh, it's going to be excellent. You know, the, the mic work that these guys have and, and how, you know, seasoned of a veteran Jericho is and how well Wyatt performs with veterans, it'd just be great. And the whole thing would be phenomenal. And I've just kind of been a little underwhelmed and disappointed. And then I go back and I think, like I said earlier, it's a lot of the same stuff that Jericho, Jericho and Wyatt are pretty much doing the same thing each week. It's like cut a promo or get jumped. Cut a promo or get jumped. Wrestle one of the heart, Wyatts and then get jumped. Like, it, there, was, there's, there was no substance. To me, there wasn't really much substance behind it. And that kind of bothered me. With Cena and Wyatt, you had all different kinds of things. You had the choir with the kids surrounding the ring. You had the one kid that caused Cena to lose the match to the pay-per-view in the park in the cage. You had the you, you had Cena dressed up like uh, hiding with one of the Wyatts with the mask, and then you had him jumping the week later, putting the mask on. You had all these different things that really got you like creeped out and kind of really interested in the storyline. But the stuff with Jericho has just been kind of very underwhelming. So it's surprising to me. And I think they're kind of so far into it that, like, either they got to pick up the wheels as to how they want to put their storyline and what direction they want to go in. Or the thing to me, I wouldn't say it's going to be considered a flop, but it would just be very disappointing. I agree, you know, and as, as we're talking about this match, and again, it continues to have a lot of potential, and it's weird to be talking about a storyline that's not delivering, and yet we're talking about a match that could potentially steal the show. I mean, that's, that's what's interesting about this. 
Uh, as we go into it, I mean, I'll put it right out there. We do this when we have our, our pay-per-view pregame shows. Why not? First prediction of the night going into tonight's SummerSlam. And I am predicting that Bray Wyatt will get his victory over Chris Jericho tonight. I think if I had to rank predictions, I mean, I think it's close. But I would say I would predict Bray Wyatt to win. My second prediction would be that we have some sort of double DQ or some uh, no finish. And then lastly would be Jericho actually winning the match. So I'm leaning towards Bray. Would not be shocked if we have a double DQ or something like that. But I will go on record officially. My prediction for this match will be Bray Wyatt victorious. Your thoughts? I would have to agree with you. I think Wyatt will win. And I think, and you know, it's interesting. I mentioned this uh, a couple of weeks ago on our show, how, you know, Wyatt could possibly do something so dastardly and so evil to Jericho that it brings a, a darker side of Jericho out. And I think we kind of saw a little bit and pieces of that with Jericho in that interview on Monday, that face-to-face that he did with Wyatt, you know, because he was wearing a suit, he was very calm, he was very serious. And he was kind of like the Chris Jericho of 2008 when he reinvented himself. So I, I think tonight, tonight we're going to – Wyatt will win, and he's going to do something so evil to Jericho that it's going to bring a darker side out to Jericho for their final blow-off match at the next favor of the United Champions. Agreed. So there you have it. First prediction, we are on the same page. 347-838-9815 is the number to call. Let's go. Get your calls in, weigh in on SummerSlam. And, you know, when you call in, let's bring it, man. What are your thoughts? Who's going to win? Give us predictions. What match is going to steal the show? You can give us your thoughts on Austin Hogan. We want to hear from you. Give us a call. We're going to go out to the phones right now. So we got Mike on the line. Mike, how are you doing this evening? Hey, what's going on, guys? How's it going? Ready for SummerSlam or what? I am so pumped, man. I I just think we got the makings of a real solid three-plus hours here of just – Good wrestling, good storytelling. Uh, I'm I'm just pumped for it. Are you pumped? I'm pumped, but I'm pumped. I've been watch I've been watching the, like a SummerSlam marathon. You know, um, thanks to the network for nine ninety nine a month. Um, you know, you 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 got some intense stuff. But before we get to that, I do want to make two announcements. First, I just want to congratulate BWO. We have a new women's kid. They have a new women's champion, Brittany Blake. And they last night they crowned a new Southern State champion, a good friend of ours, Corv- Eric Corvus. So those two two youngsters, um, I'm happy that they are the new champions, and uh, I wish them luck in their career. But um, moving on to moving on to pro wrestling, um, yeah, I I think that tonight I'm I'm looking forward to seeing um, some real drama unfold. You know, this Brock Lesnar. Um, John Cena, they've taken it to a whole new level. They've taken it, you know, Brock Lesnar wants to be blunt, and he sounds pretty blunt to me, and John Cena says he could be the same way. You know, it, it's almost like, you know, can you top this, and we'll see We'll see what's going to happen. It's going to be real, um, real, real drama tonight. It's going to unfold. And I, I, I think, unfortunately, I think Brock Lesnar's going to win. That's one. Um Stephanie McMahon, I think Steph's going to win, and uh, I, I, I definitely like the, the idea of maybe Brie, uh, Nikki Bella turning on her sister, you know, almost as where have you been, you know, you, you quit 
you left, you know, you left me and I got hurt and, and, and you know, and, and where were you to help me? And I think tonight we're going to have that. I think that's going to happen. I, I think that'd be cool. I mean, I think that's, you know, something that sister versus sister could work. It's a good way to kind of transition out of, uh, you know, because I personally, I think as much as it's been great and I'm looking forward to seeing what she brings to the table. Uh, if I had to put a prediction out there, I think we're, you know, kind of at a one and done. Um, I think Stephanie coming into the ring is, uh, you know, I mean, maybe at WrestleMania, but I don't think we're going to see her tomorrow night. I don't think it's going to be, you know, Stephanie's back and competing regularly or even semi-regularly. I think this is kind of a special feature kind of thing. So it would be uh, an easy way to transition out of that to just have the, the Bellas split up and have sister versus sister. I, I think that works. It's been speculated a lot uh, over the past, like, month or so. So maybe we see some drama there and, and the sisters break up. And that, that would be kind of cool and be cool to see, of course, how they play that off on Total Divas. So they just work it all around. So, uh, yeah, you know, it, it might happen. Uh, hopefully, whatever, we, we see a good match because leading in, the drama, the setup uh, has just been tremendous. So, uh, you know, again, amazing. You know, Mike, you call in. And you talk to us about Brock and Cena, and the second match you want to talk about is, is a, a women's match, and I, I think that speaks well, volumes. Well, it's not just a women's match. I mean, you know, it, it's the it's the Stephanie McMahon, it's the COO, Triple H, um, you know, Triple H's wife. So you know, and and this is and this is the girl that's done it all in her career, Stephanie McMahon. Stephanie Stephanie's been the women's champion. Stephanie's been the, the, the raw general manager, the SmackDown general manager. She's wrestled her own father. She's spit in the face of her own father. She's done it. You know, Stephanie's been with Jericho, been against Jericho. You know, she took the, the beating of, you know, of her life from verbal beating that anybody has ever said about Stephanie from Jericho, from Punk. So, you know, it's not, you know, so I'm excited. I mean, I wanted to see Triple H wrestle himself, but I, I, I think, I think for me, Stephanie, um, Stephanie is going to um, is going to do what she says. But I don't think she. I think she's going to have help, like I said. But I would agree. What are, what are your thoughts on this match, Dave? Um, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be you know a lot of you know I wouldn't say outside interference, but things that are going to hide the fact that Stephanie McMahon not a trained wrestler. So Triple H being out there. Uh, Nikki Bella, it would not surprise me if we saw an appearance by Daniel Bryan tonight because Brie Bella is his wife. Um, I kind of agree with you, Mike, on the, uh, the the Nikki Bella turn and Nikki Bella possibly turning on her sister Brie. I just don't know. Here's the thing. I don't know if it would be something that she does on her own or if a man would do to get, get back at Brie Bella by hiring you know, her sister to turn on her. That would be the more dramatic storyline approach, but at the same time, I think it would be a better storyline if Brie were to beat Stephanie and then she starts something, she gets her revenge on Stephanie, and then Nikki turns on her after the match. Um, and this isn't something that's some somewhat a collusion, but it should be an entertaining match. McMahon matches are always very entertaining. I mean, Vince McMahon... You know, had some great entertaining matches with Steve Austin, with Shawn Michaels, with Hulk Hogan, and he's not a trained professional wrestler. Same thing with Shane McMahon. So it's in her blood. 
to be. Well, so they're trained. They're trained. I mean, they're, you know, they're trained. She's trained. You know, Hunter's been working with her. Hunter taught her how to do the pedigree. Uh, she doesn't wrestle every day. That's what I mean. Well, yeah, right. No, I understand. No, they're not everyday wrestlers. Yeah. But let me tell you something. If, if it wasn't, if it wasn't for um, Vince McMahon doing what he did, you know, because we all know his father never wanted him to be a wrestler. And if it wasn't for Vince McMahon doing what he did, and Austin, I, I, I don't think that Austin would have been. He would have been successful. But I think beating up your boss is really what everybody wanted to see, and um, that's another reason why they won the uh, the Monday night. They ended up ultimately winning the Monday Night War because of you had McMahon, you know, and and Shane McMahon. You know, Shane McMahon um, took on Test in the Lover Lever match. I mean, with a guy fell, so, uh, you know, he fell. I don't know. Jim Ross said about what about maybe forty feet up in the air or whatever. I mean, he said he fell higher than when Mick Foley fell off the cage. So, you know, you got the McMahons. But, yeah, I, end, I agree with you on that. She's not an everyday wrestler. I got gotcha. So, Mike, if you're looking at the card tonight and, you know, obviously you're looking forward to the main event and that's got that big fight feel, what would you look at other than those two matches that we just talked about that you think is a dark horse candidate for being a show stealer this evening? I tell you which match I'm shocked that's not there is the tag team. I'm shocked that the, they gave the Usos um, and the Wyatts a night off, I guess, for pay-per-view to cool down. Because, you know, SummerSlam, you know, it, it's kind of funny that we're not seeing a tag team championship match at SummerSlam. Because, um, you know, as you, as you guys know, SummerSlam, a lot of belts over the years, tag team belts over the years have changed hands. Um, but uh, as far as what I'm looking forward to seeing, I'm looking forward to seeing what's going to happen with Orton versus Roman. You know, um, I, I wonder if I wonder if Hunter's going to do something, and and um, I wonder if Hunter is going to do something to spark up this feud that's going to supposedly happen between Roman and Hunter. I don't know. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, that's I want to see what Randy can do with Roman. You know, and, and, and another thing that, that gets me, all these wrestlers, you know, we were talking about, I was talking with my family last night, we were watching SmackDown. Every wrestler does recycled moves. I mean, how many people have you known to do the spear? I mean, every time I turn around, someone's spearing someone. The women are spearing women, or someone's doing the spear, and, and, and this is, you know, Goldberg, whatever, and, and this spear, and that spear. And Roman Reigns, I think, does it good, and, and you know, he does it with impact. And I, I think that Roman Reigns and Orton is going to be the dark horse match because I, I, I think I think you know people would maybe tend to think that Jericho and Bray are going to have um, a great match and I that's why I picked Bray as well because I think it's about time, I hope he wins I mean it's about time that that they give him something but that would be my dark you know, horse I, I, I think it's a this is a big and and it's a good match that you bring up there. I think the Reigns-Orton match is a big deal um, because we're going to see really how, how Reigns can handle himself, if not in the main event, but against a main eventer uh, in singles competition in the second biggest pay-per-view of the year. Um, you know, as Reigns' ascension continues, you know, let's see what he can do in a match uh, uh, against Orton. You know, it's funny with this match because I feel like it could either – 
be a tremendous matchup or it's got a lot of potential to, to be a clunker. Um, I, I'm, I'm really interested to see what both guys uh, bring to the table. As you know, you we've know. been high on them, and you hear you know all the talk that mm. Roman Reigns is the heir apparent, and this match at SummerSlam is definitely you know, one of the rungs on the ladder. You know, he's got to bring it tonight. So uh, Now, now my other thing is this. You, we got another match that I didn't bring up, which is, Seth, I didn't even bring it up. I must have missed it somehow in my, in my uh, when you asked about the thing. Seth Rollins versus Ambrose, Lumberjack match. Can they be contained? They have no choice now but to be contained, right? I mean, this is going to be, this is going to be big. Their match leading up to tonight, their promos have been awesome. Stuff that they've been doing, I mean, breaking the money in the bank, taking the, what's his name, Bradshaw's hat, and, and doing all the stupid stuff with it was pretty cool. I like the way they're going with unstable Dean Ambrose and, and Seth Rollins. I think that Seth is going to somehow win. I think somebody, again, somebody maybe from the outside is going to help out Seth. I, I see something happening. And then somebody said maybe about a, if he doesn't win, maybe he'll cash in his money in the bank. I don't see it tonight because it, it's um, super predictable. It happened last year. It was, it, you know, I don't know. I think, I think, um, I think unpredictability is what they're going to be going for. I don't know. That's I, just my opinion. I kind of agree with you. I don't think we'll have a cash in tonight. I, I You know, the match, you know, Ambrose versus Rollins is, a match that's it's really difficult, at least for me, to call who I think is going to win that. It's, uh, you know, 50-50 for me. Uh, I'm going ha- to have to pick one eventually. Um, I'm not the biggest fan of, of the Lumberjack stipulation, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I, I do think this match really has, and I said it last month and we didn't get the match, so I'll keep, I'll keep that prediction going. Uh, potential for a show stealer uh, tonight, but looking forward to these guys finally locking it up. Mike, thanks a lot for the phone call. Great insight, as always, and look forward to hearing from you tomorrow night uh, where you get your reaction from coming out I'm of hoping SummerSlam. I'm hoping I have a lot left for tomorrow night, man. SummerSlam, it's going to be a hot night tonight in California. I'm looking forward to it. I hope, I hope they, they do what they, they live up to. the. To, I hope this is the hottest event of the summer. I hope they live up to it. Um, you guys be good. Enjoy Absolutely. your night, guys, and enjoy the wrestling, and uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow night, man. Talk to you. Take it easy, Mike. All right, you too. Bye-bye. As always, Mike bringing his insight to the table. And I'm curious, Dave, what are your thoughts on, on the stipulation in Ambrose versus Rollins? I'm not crazy about the Lumberjack. I mean, it brings other people on camera, I guess. But it still should be an entertaining match. I just, I don't know. Your thoughts? It makes sense. It, it makes sense in the, in, the, in the fact that throughout this whole storyline, Rollins has been running away from Ambrose. And Ambrose has been trying to get a piece of Rollins, and now he can't run away. What I think is, you know, Mike makes another great point. What I think is going to happen, I think, uh, I'll, let's do prediction, prediction time. I think Seth Rollins is going to win. I think he'll have outside interference from somebody. Um, could it be, you know, a member, maybe it's Kane from the Authority or Corporate Kane, whatever you want to call him these days. Uh, could it be somebody else that sets up a storyline with him and, uh, and Ambrose down the line? Or does this outside interference set them up for maybe a cage match between the two of them at the next pay-per-view? Who knows? But... It makes sense in the fact that Rollins has been man enough to stand up to Ambrose, and he's been running away. Well, now he can't. So it's going to be a great match. I, I don't expect anything less um, entertaining. And, you know, Rollins, Rollins with the victory. 
I would agree with you there. As uh, you know, the love fest continues. Uh, prediction, yeah, I would go with Rollins as well. Um, this feud is not over. Uh, you know, I think we'll see it continue. So, so I'm going to go with Rollins with the victory here. Um, uh, like I had said, I think this this match's got a lot of potential to steal the show. I mean, you got two very talented young guys that uh, are hungry. They're looking to make a name for themselves in the business, and uh, that's good for us as fans. And you got those two guys in there looking to make names for themselves. I think uh, we're, we got a lot of potential to see a, a serious show stealer of a matchup. So I'm really looking forward. It's one of those matches, you know, again, the Brock Cena thing's got that big fight feel, but we got a real solid card. And I'm really looking forward to finally seeing Ambrose and, and Rollins lock it up in the squared circle. Three four seven eight three eight. 9815 is the number to call. We're going to go back out to the phones. We have Mr. Trivia on the line. Trivia, are you there? Hey, what's up, Kenny? How you doing, Dave? Doing all right. How are uh, you this evening? Doing pretty good. Um, well, I don't, I didn't, I really don't think you're going to see an Undertaker sighting, but you'll, you'll, his presence will be felt, I believe. You know, maybe with the gong or something up on the Titantron and. Uh, I'm I'm open for that happen. As far as my uh, tag team partner there, Mike Ferraro, uh, yeah, I uh, I kind of think you're either going to see a Bella switch, or you're going to see a turn. And one of the possibilities for a show stealer, which is going to be two exciting matches, you know, like you said, Rollins Ambrose, but uh, I'm also uh, possibly looking forward to Ziggler and The Miz. That uh, that has the makings of a pretty exciting match. Um, you know, it's so tough for me to say anything good about the Miz. Oh, oh, oh wow! I, I'll admit, you he's know, got the figure four, Ken. He's got, he's got the figure oh, four. Jesus. You know, it's funny with this. I mean, I, I just and it's a shame. And I guess I guess we'll, we can get into predictions for this match. Um, I, I agree with you. I think we're gonna have a solid matchup. I think, uh, you know, the guy like Ziggler, uh, he's he's one of those rare talents in the wrestling world that. Uh, he makes guys look better. So, for Miz's limitations, I think Ziggler will make him look good. I, I think you, I, I agree with you. I think it's going to be a solid matchup. I think Miz is finally in the right spot in the card. He is a mid carder. That's the farthest he should go. Um, the only thing with this, I, for me as a fan, I don't see a lot of suspense in this matchup. To me, it seems like they're really high on this new Hollywood. Uh, character or incarnation of The Miz. I think it will continue uh, as much as I would love to see Ziggler with that IC strap. I don't see it happening at all. Uh, it's one of the few matches on this card. Uh, you know, I'd almost bet the farm uh, that Miz is going to win this matchup. Um, you know, maybe down the road, maybe this program's not over yet and we see Ziggler victorious, but I just think, again, I agree with you. I think we're going to see an entertaining matchup. Um, but I don't think the the outcome is that much in doubt. Your thoughts on this match, Dave? Uh, I, I expect it to be a very good match. I I think probably open up the SummerSlam pay per view. Uh, you're right; they are very high on the the uh, the Miz Hollywood moneymaker character. Um, I do expect this. I I I've heard rumors that they've wanted to unify the Intercontinental United States Championship. But Sheamus is not on the card this evening, so maybe. We would see Miz win and then a Sheamus appearance to kind of set that up for possibly the United Champions pay-per-view um, for next month. So I think we'll see the Miz walk out of tonight's match with the Intercontinental title. 
um, over Dolph Ziggler. But it should be a very fun and exciting match between both guys. They're both friends behind the scenes. They both, you know, want to put on a good performance and get one another over with each other. So um, I, I'll see. I see this taking its night. Yeah, that's uh, very. That's um, yeah. I think that match can go either way. But uh, also, guys, I'd like to. Uh, Congratulate my good friend Mario Mancini. It's official now. He's opened up a wrestling school in uh, New Haven, Connecticut. Uh, the opening is uh, around Labor Day, September 1st. It's called Paradise Alley. And one of the trainers that's going to be there is former WWE star, former WCW tag team champion, and former member of the Horsemen, Paul Roma. We'll be at the school with Mario doing the training of the wrestlers as well. So I want to congratulate Mario on that. And, uh, I didn't really hear too much about uh, this A.J. Lee Page thing. I mean, you guys are going to weigh in on that. Do you think Page is going to get the title back or A.J.? or How's that going to look out? Um, I think we're going to have a really solid match. really haven't gotten into this match uh, yet. Again, you know, with the ladies, it's it's some good storytelling. Um, You know, it's basic storytelling. It's not, you know, anything, oh, my God, I've never seen anything like this before yet. People were, you know, two competitors that were friends but rivals, and one loses it, and now they hate each other, and uh, away we go. I think we're going to see a very entertaining matchup. It's amazing. Two two ladies' matches, and I think they are both got a, a lot of potential. Your thoughts on the championship match, Dave? Um, I, I'm kind of back and forth on it. I mean, they just gave AJ the title. Um, they're trying to really establish Paige as a as – a, as a heel and somebody that's of equal to AJ, um, I think it would be better. I think it would be beneficial if she were to defeat AJ. But I think we're going to see too many heels going over on tonight's show. So um, I'm going to have to go with AJ on this one. I think AJ will 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 uh, will, will keep the Divas title tonight. Should be an entertaining match, but she's definitely going to walk out the winner. All right, cool. And before I go, I'd like to say, Dave, congratulations to your brother on his uh, on his wedding. And um, also, guys, enjoy the pay-per-view, and uh, we'll talk to you probably tomorrow night. Thanks a lot for the call. Take it easy. Enjoy tonight. Cool stuff, man. A guest guest of our show, Mario Mancini, opening a wrestling show, uh, a wrestling school. So congratulations to Mario. And, uh, you know, I I dig the name. I remember the the movie, uh, 1978 Sylvester Stallone movie, Paradise Alley, where uh, Stallone... uh, Got into pro wrestling, so uh, interesting uh, right there. A lot of cameos in that movie. I think Terry Funk uh, was was in it. Um, so wrestling movie, Paradise Alley. Now Mario Mancini's uh, wrestling school. So very cool. Once we get that, once Mario gets that school up and running, uh, we've got to get him back on again and, and see how that's going. So congratulations, Mario. As we get back. Uh, to SummerSlam, and as we talk about that championship match, and I agree with you, Dave, I kind of went back and forth uh, in my head uh, with this match um, with, with AJ and Paige. Um, yeah, you know, it's just AJ just came back, and as much as I think it would be interesting if Paige got the belt, you know, it's like, wow, like Paige would already be a two-time Divas champion um, I don't know. I think AJ right now is where the money's at. AJ, uh, you know, can sell. She's got a good character. She's she's bankable. You can depend on her. Uh, I, I think the belt stays where it is. I think AJ is your champion. What scares me to death, 
is seeing Eva Marie with a victory over AJ on SmackDown. And, oh, my God, please, wrestling gods, if you're up there listening to us, please, just just make sure there's not an Eva Marie push in our future. I do not need to see that. That that just that scared me on SmackDown, Dave. And I hope we're not looking at Paige kind of being moved out, and and AJ being victorious, and and Eva Marie uh, kind of being the next uh, on the docket for uh, a Divas Championship uh, opportunity. Uh, but we're both in agreement. AJ, hopefully not Eva Marie down the road. She can't wrestle, so I, I don't think. It's, I don't, <laughs> Can't they can't? John Cena can't wrestle. They should be chanting that to her. The worst thing they could have done was make her a, a wrestler. Honestly, they debuted her. They thought maybe they'd give her a little bit of buzz with this whole diva show. They should have made her a ballet. They should have had her be an arm piece to somebody and not, you know, have her go out there and humiliate herself. But then again, it would make for a good story on reality television. So. You know, who am I to say that it wasn't a bad idea on their part? But I don't think, no. She's going to have to sustain wrestling ability, and she can't even do that. So, in order for her to be the champion and then go on house shows, forget about it. No, there's no way that's going to happen. I I would see a John Cena heel turn before I would see her, (laughs) you know, with the Divas title. I would see Mark Ferrara have shorter phone calls on our show than I would see her with the Divas Okay? So, so I'm, I'm serious. That will not happen, bottom line. All right. Well, good. I, I'm, I'm taking what you said to the bank. I'm, I'm praying to God that that's not the direction they're moving in. Three four seven eight three eight nine eight one five is the number to call. If you're a little shy, get on our Facebook, facebook.com slash the Ken Reeves Show. Give us some predictions um, you know, we're going to get to it a little later on because we do when we do our pay-per-view pregame shows, we do our nod of approval. And interestingly enough, career leader, record holder for nods uh, is one Cesaro, who we've been very high on for quite some time. Uh, great showing at, at WrestleMania in the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Uh, wow. Wow, wow. Um, as we talk about, you know, so many things have changed in the years. We look back to 2013, SummerSlam. Uh, I guess the one thing that remains the same is RVD is in the pre-show match. But what is surprising, as we came out of WrestleMania this year, Cesaro also in the pre-show match. Stock falling right now for one Cesaro. All the talent in the world. Dave and I incredibly high on this guy. Did he piss someone off? Is it just a let's bring him down and then we'll build him back up again? Um, I don't know. It's tough to speculate what exactly is going on, um, but he has definitely moved down uh, the card. And I don't even know. It's weird, man. With this matchup, I don't even know where to go. Uh, you would think just slam dunk, go with Cesaro, but the way things have been going right now, I'm actually leaning towards RVD in my predictions. I, you know, it's. 50-50, maybe 60-40 split. Um, but I'm kind of surprised, Dave, where Cesaro is right now. I am, too. I mean, you know, going into WrestleMania earlier this year, you know, it was heavily speculated that he was going to come out of WrestleMania a, a, a big star. At the time, he wasn't advertised for the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. 
He was advertised for a tag team match with Jack Swagger and the Real Americans. And the, the, the stories I heard was that he was going to get a push, and they were going to build a bench towards him and Brock Lesnar. And they threw us all for a loop when they decided to pair him up with Paul Heyman because his popularity, Charles' popularity, was, you know, every year WrestleMania, there always seems to be a new guy, a new star that, like, the, the fans, you know, especially the European contingent, get behind. It was Daniel Bryan a couple of years ago, and look what that turned into. It's the yes movement, the phenomenon that that's been. Last year it was Fandango, and that was the complete opposite. That turned into a total waste of time. And now you had Cesaro this past year. And Cesaro, you know, the rumor was that they wanted to, you know, do something with him and Brock Lesnar, and that's why they put him with Paul Heyman. So I thought, okay, it makes some sense that they kind of paired him with Heyman, even though his popularity was so high coming out of WrestleMania. And then they just, like, abruptly let him go from Heyman, and he just kind of floundered. He lost the – he got eliminated from Heat Slater in the Battle Royal Battleground. I mean, that tells you something. Um, but I, I said this to you, and I appreciate meeting. I'll say this, you know, to, tonight here on the air. I believe that they do have plans for him, but they just kind of put him in a holding pattern because they have plans to really build Roman Reigns as the next guy, the heir apparent, as, you, as you've uh, – referenced him earlier. Um, I think that the, the, the split from Heyman was, was done purposely that way to kind of be very subtle and very quiet, but, but at the same time, you know, loud enough that it can get touched upon in the future. I mean, he came out the following week after he declared himself free from Paul Heyman and defended Paul Heyman against John Cena and they had a great 30-minute match on Raw. So they got plans for him. It's just, like I said, holding pattern. And they put him in there with RVD. And I, I think, I mean, RVD's scheduled to take some time off. That's part of his contract that he has with WWE now. So maybe tonight we see Cesaro dispose of RVD, send him off, and this is the beginning of Cesaro's, you know, push back up to prominence. So, honestly, I don't think it's going to last for long. I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go with Cesaro tonight. I think they're going to start turning around. First one we differ on, the pre-show match, which could loom large. We could, we could find out who wins tonight very early on in, in the pay-per-view, but I'm going to go with RVD uh, being victorious in the pre-show match. We have some breaking news right now, not within the WWE, but Mike Johnson uh, just posted on a PW Insider. Um, we've heard, this is, I'm quoting the article from Mike Johnson, we've heard from multiple TNA talents, that Bully Ray held a meeting with the roster working tonight's live event in Hagerstown, Maryland, and informed them he wanted to personally tell them goodbye as he didn't expect to be back with the company. In asking around, Ray's contract is expiring, and tonight's live event is the last show he is contracted to appear on. Based on what Ray told the locker room, obviously the two sides have not come to terms on a new deal. What is amazing about this is that Ray along with his partner Devon, is scheduled to be inducted into the TNA Hall of Fame at Bound for Glory this October. TNA also has one match left in a series of bouts Ray was heavily involved in at a last set of Impact tapings, which means that if he departs, they will be left scrambling to end that series without him. Interesting stuff. Bully Ray looks like he's done... Uh, Again, this was just posted by PW Insider 18 minutes ago. I'm just catching it here on the Facebook feed. Um, 
Wow. Uh, again, as we report, and we don't talk about TNA much because people really don't want to talk about it, and I know it's our SummerSlam pregame, but wow, that does not bode well for uh, TNA, Dave. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting that you say that because I just read a report this morning that he held a meeting with talent at, at, a, at, a, at a live event recently and told them that, you know, the company was not shutting down, that TNA had some new deals in the works, a new television deal in the works. They didn't, ex- they, they didn't explain who, but he, he reassured the talent in TNA that, that you know, things were going to be on the up and up, uh, you know, moving forward. And like you said, the, the, the storyline now, you know, with, with, with him and, you know, Devon, the Team 3D, the Dudleys, whatever you want to call them, the Hardys and the Wolves. Um, you know, he's been a big part of TNA recently in the past several years. Uh, really rose to prominence in a singles role, in a main event singles role, became the TNA World Heavyweight Champion, had a good run with the title there. Uh, and to be perfectly honest with you, I mean, we've talked, we've praised him on the show before. Um, and more recently, you know, I've watched him, and because he's very entertaining, I've always enjoyed watching him. He's always been a very entertaining, you know, wrestler and performer, but... I've been CBRing Impact as of late, which I stopped doing months ago, so that I could see the things that he's been doing with, you know, you know it's on Impact with, with Devon and the Hardys and things like that. So it would be a major blow to them if they lost them. But you know what, though? He's not the first person that's apparently thinking about jumping ship if that's the case. I mean, we heard stories a few weeks ago that Kurt Angle, has been has been talking about leaving TNA, and apparently he had reached out to WWE about a possible return. Um, so you hear one story that things are going great with the company and they're 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 building towards the future, and then you hear another story that guys just want to leave. So I mean, until we hear more, you know, we can't really speculate as to what could possibly be the reason why he's leaving. But you know, he held a meeting with talent telling them that he's not coming back with him and with the organization for him to go ahead and do something like that. Yeah, it's interesting. And Wrestling News Source is also following the story. Um, Interestingly enough, Rob Feinstein from RF Video uh, just posted, tomorrow RF Video is going to have a huge announcement, going to be a very, very big one. Uh, So, you know, Rob Feinstein loves to to put those teases out there and, and, and... you know, make everyone guess, but, uh, you know, that that announcement, uh, the timing of it, you know, is, is Bully Ray officially done, and somehow RF Video is going to get Bully Ray uh, on uh, doing a shoot interview. Remains to be seen, purely speculation on my point. So uh, we'll be up on that, and hopefully we'll get more info, because we are back tomorrow night, 6.30 to 8 o'clock, to get you... All the wrestling news, reaction to SummerSlam, as well as gets ready for Monday Night Raw. So hopefully we'll get more speculation on this breaking story. Big time blow to TNA if Bully Ray is gone. But we're in the midst right now of our SummerSlam pregame show. Second biggest pay-per-view of the calendar year for the WWE. And we've been going through these matches. And Dave and I, we're right on board. We are on the same page as far as the matches we have picked so far. Except for the pre-show match. We differ there. I think RVD will be victorious. Dave is picking Cesaro. We both picked Rollins, Bray, Miz, and AJ so far. So we agree on these matches. Let's get into some of these other matches. And we have praised this program before, Dave. And we will continue to praise it again. 
it's pro wrestling, and sometimes you know you got to go out of the box and create something different, and that that goes without saying. Sometimes you got to be creative, shake it up a little bit. But sometimes going back to what works is a good thing. To tried and true storytelling, and I have enjoyed the whole run. Great mid card storytelling, swagger and Rusev. It's been a lot of fun. America versus Russia always gets the blood boiling. Has worked for years in pro wrestling. Good to see it back. A flag match tonight. I, I just finally, I was wrong last month, but I'm going to say tonight. This is when we get it. We get the feel-good pro-USA moment. My prediction, I'll go right out there. I've loved the program so far. I've dug everything that I've seen out of these two. It's been very entertaining. Uh, Lana and, and I, geez, I, was, I almost said Dutch Mantel, but Zeb have been great on, on the stick. It's just been a lot of fun. Tonight, we see, we see old glory standing true in a flag match, swagger victorious. But you know what, Dave, like I said, in a mid-card program, uh, in a program that does not involve a, a title belt, uh, I have just, it's been a great mid-card Storyline, I've enjoyed it all the way through. Looking forward to this matchup. Solid, solid mid-card. The mid-card will make your pay-per-views. Looking forward to this. Swagger victorious, as far as I'm concerned. Your thoughts? My thoughts? Well, it's a very easy formula in professional wrestling. Any foreign country against the United States, and there's always going to be a lot of, I would say, anticipation for, for, for the, uh, the storyline. A lot of heat. Because, you know, America is a, very, uh, a country that, you know, prides themselves on, you know, defending their own. And Swagger and Coulter are doing just that. And, it, you know, now with Russia being in headlines in the, in the past, you know, few, few months, even in the past year or so, this makes a lot of sense um, that it's a, a, a Russian contingent going after the United States. So um, it's been good stuff so far. I think that they've kind of needed to add a little bit more of an element to it instead of just the, the same old wave the flag, stare at each other, and tell each other why their country is better than the others. But it's been good stuff so far, and it's a formula that's worked. And I've liked the, the, the difference with Jack Swagger being a babyface and having someone like Beth Coulter represent him. And Coulter's very good on the mic, and he projects himself very well. It's been done good. Um, flag match tonight, here's a couple of things. Number one, Flag matches have usually been contested where you got to grab your flag to win the match. Um, and in some cases, flag matches have been you can win by pinfall or submission, and the winner gets to wave their flag. That's been done before. Um, if they go the first route where you have to capture the flag, I think Jack Swagger will win and defeat Rusev. And I think it won't come across as a serious loss to Rusev because he was not pinned or made to submit. They can, they can, they can write it out that it was tainted or it was done in a way that didn't make Rusev look weak. If they go pinfall and submission and the winner gets to wave their flag, then I think Rusev will win, um, just so that they can build him up some more. But I think win streaks in wrestling are kind of overplayed. That's been done to death, especially in WWE. Every time a new guy comes in, there's a win streak. Uh, we had, you know, Paul Gallus just happened recently, and that got snapped by our truth of all people, thank God. Um, but needless to say, 
it should be an entertaining match and something different, something you know, gimmick we haven't seen in a while, like a flag match. So I will, you know what, let's let the love fest continue. I think Jack Swagger is going to defeat Rusa in traditional flag match rules. He will grab the American flag and he will win. Oh, well, there you go. And it, it's fine. I mean, I just, I, I've really enjoyed it. It's, it's just been a, a, you know, very basic, no, nothing that, that really, uh, you know, changes the world. I, I like the fact they didn't, you know, back off of it and they've, they've continued to be controversial uh, with it as pushing the envelope a little bit. So I, I, I've enjoyed this, this program all the way through and uh, looking forward to the matchup. And that's just it, Dave. I mean, I, I think you got some good storytelling and, and like you said, tried and true, you know, you always can go the, the patriotic route and always sell a match, but, but it's been good. I mean, they've, they've, there's some, been some good physicality. There's been good promos. Um, you know, for the most part, we've seen some solid work out of both camps, uh, which has really helped to, to facilitate this. And, you know, and it's something where, you know, maybe these guys, like, back off each other for a little bit, and you could always come back to it down the road. So I, I, I've just really enjoyed it, and I think tonight we have our our proud USA kind of moment and swagger wins. Um, you know, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty, and as we look forward, the future – of pro wrestling, and we've speculated for quite some time uh, that the future of pro wrestling may very well be one Roman Reigns. And as Roman Reigns finds himself in the ring tonight with a bona fide main eventer, as we continue to build Roman Reigns, and, and we've been high on him uh, for quite some time. Interesting stuff out of Roman Reigns. Number one, Roman Reigns has got to get better on the microphone. Um, hopefully that will come. Um... I'm looking forward to this matchup. I'm looking forward to this matchup more in a, almost like curiosity uh, to see how these guys work together. Um, I think this is a match that you got to see Reigns victorious. So there it is. There's my prediction on this match. Um, I, 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 it's weird with this matchup because I like both of them. Uh, you know, not, not an Orton hater here. I think Orton's one of the, the more talented individuals you will ever see in pro wrestling. The guy... With, with, a, with a body like that and what he can do for a man his size is incredible. Um, but I, I do wonder about the in-ring chemistry. I wonder what we're going to see out of the two of them. If I had to predict what match could be a clunker, uh, maybe this one. I'm curious to see the in-ring chemistry. I'm really curious to see what Roman Reigns brings to the table as a singles competitor in a very big pay-per-view uh, the WrestleMania of the summer, if you will. Um, so I'm curious to, to watch what Roman Reigns brings to this matchup, and I think that's, that's, that's really where my curiosity is. As we continue, and we've been on the bandwagon, looking at him, and, and all signs are pointing that Roman Reigns is the guy. He is the heir apparent. He is your future main eventer. Um, this is a major step for him, getting in the ring with Randy Orton. Let's see. I don't think... Victories matter as much as what we see between the ropes in this matchup. So regardless of what we see, I think we're going to have Roman Reigns victorious. But I don't even care about who wins. I really want to see what both guys bring to the table in this matchup, Dave. It should be a good match. I mean, we've heard reports that they've had some pretty awful matches on live events. A lot of people have put the blame on Randy Orton for that, not you know being the veteran that he is, not working as well with Roman Reigns on these matches because they see Roman as the future and they kind of, some people feel that maybe Orton kind of stands back in some of these live event matches 
But from what I understand, they had a massive San Jose, California last night. It's like a dry run for tonight's event, and it was talked about as being one of the best matches on the card. Um, you know, let me just go back here a little bit with this with this story with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns reminds me a lot of how Lex Luger was groomed and brought into professional wrestling. Luger was a virtual nobody, and Luger was brought in and made a member of the Four Horsemen, and he had you know, guys like Arn Anderson and Tully Blanchard and Rick Flair camouflaging all these, these uh, you know, things that he couldn't do in the ring. And they used things to make him look good. And when that, when that, when that story got old, they turned him into a good guy. And it, I can kind of see the similar situation with Roman Reigns and with Luger. Reigns is a little more athletic, and he's not as mechanical as Luger, where Luger just was kind of like a one-trick pony back in the day with a, you know, a clothesline, a body slam, and a, and, a, and a power press slam, and that was really it. Um, but uh, he, I see I see Reigns in the, in the sense that with him and Orton, this is going to be that rivalry that I think personally is going to really show if he can hang in the main event with a guy like Randy Orton. Luger had that with the horsemen. When they broke Luger off from the horsemen, it was sink or swim with him. And they tried to turn him into Jim Crockett's version of Hulk Hogan, and it worked to a small degree. He had a good look and a good body when he worked with the right guys. And I think Reigns got more potential than Luger ever did. But he needs to have a really strong, awesome performance with Randy Orton tonight. Otherwise, I think a lot of people might sour on the experience with him. And like you said at the beginning of your rant, Mike work needs to get better, um, and there's potential all around. Like I said, much more and much better potential than Luger ever had. So that's what Roman Reigns has going for him in his favor. Um, it's just that he's going to need that one opponent to really get him over the hump to make him into a made guy, and I think Orton can do that for him. Similar to what Luger had with Ric Flair back in the, the late 80s when he started becoming a big name or a big baby face in the Jim Crockett promotion. Yeah, I agree. So what, what are your thoughts? Who wins this matchup? Um, I, you know what? I'm going to go with Reigns. I think they're still marching towards a Roman Reigns-Triple H match, and I think Reigns has got to go through Orton to do that. Um, and like I said, there's been talk that next month's United Champions pay-per-view is supposed to be like a blockbuster of pay-per-views because that's the point of where the network subscriptions are coming up um, for the first-time subscribers, including myself. Um, so... I think Reigns will beat Orton, and we could possibly see Roman Reigns and Triple H. And maybe we'll see Roman Reigns get involved somehow in tonight's Stephanie McMahon-Brie Bella match. Um, so, uh, leading to that, I think Reigns walks over Orton like there's no tomorrow and uh, cements himself, himself as a main event player. Yeah, and so we're in agreement there, both seeing Roman Reigns victorious tonight. I- I'm curious also to see how he, you know, He's a big guy, and, and he's, he's pretty athletic for a guy his size. However, there are those moments that I've seen Reigns where uh, he gets gassed. Uh, he may, maybe he's, he's a little too hyped. So I'm, I'm curious to see his pacing tonight, how he works the match, and, and how, you know, like you said, or, Orton uh, shouldered a lot of the blame for uh, these matches on house shows not being up to snuff. Uh, does Orton help him out? Does Orton uh, help him through the match? Uh, where is the pacing a go for both competitors. So there's a lot of, you know, it's funny. There's a lot of subtext 
to this matchup more than, than just the, the actual match and program itself. It's, it's really almost, uh, you know, probably for the WWE as well as kind of we're talking about it, but it's, it's almost like an audition for Reigns as a, a, a main eventer. Um, you know, let's see what he does against a, a guy who has been a main eventer for quite some time. Let's see what Reigns can bring to the table. So uh, lots going into this matchup. Both of us in agreement that Roman Reigns is, is going to win the matchup. And, uh, you know, one of the matches that we've talked about uh, a lot with callers, and it's amazing that, that we are how excited everyone is for this matchup with the ladies. The ladies bringing it. Man, Stephanie McMahon and, and Brie Bella. Uh, it's been a lot of fun watching this uh, storyline uh, unfold. Uh, Stephanie is amazing. Every single week, my love for Stephanie grows. Um, I, just, I have the biggest crush on Stephanie McMahon right now. I think it's, it's just been tremendous. Uh, in, in, a, in an indirect way, it keeps Daniel Bryan current. Um, I'm looking forward to just seeing what Stephanie has got. I, I, as a McMahon, you know, we know that she's a fitness nut, her and her husband. Um, as a McMahon, doesn't matter if she hasn't been in the ring forever, she's going to bring it. She is not going to come back to the ring to give us a clunker. I think Stephanie's going to give us a quality matchup. And I do think that we're going to see some shenanigans, or we're going to see a sister split, and, and, and Brie Bell loses because her sister interferes. Um, so I do think Stephanie is going to be victorious in this matchup. I think it's going to be a fun entertaining, uh, exciting matchup tonight with, with, the, with Stephanie and Bella. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. It's amazing that I'm thinking I'm looking forward to a, a ladies' match, as we've said uh, numerous times. Uh, the ladies over the past few years, after, uh, probably most of the past decade, uh, have not really brought it, especially in the pay-per-views. Two ladies' matches to look forward to tonight. Uh, this one should be a lot of fun. To me, Stephanie victorious. Dave? I'm going to disagree with you. I, I, I'm going to disagree. I'm going to say that Brie Bella wins this match. Um, but I still think there will be a split. I, I still think that Nikki Bella will, will, will turn on her sister. Um, I think that, uh, you know, so far the storyline has been good. Stephanie McMahon is so white. She plays a bitch very well. Um, and, and to be quite honest with you, you know, as a as as a vindictive bitch that she plays, she could probably do pretty well on like a like a like a dramatic sitcom on television in that role. Uh, her other acting chops suck, but as playing that particular role, she's so great at it that you could just slot about anybody against her as an adversary, and they would heavily be cheered. I think Brie Bell has done a, 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 a good job in her role as being the antagonist and pretty much not taking any crap from Stephanie McMahon. So um, heading into this, the arrest angle was great. Um, getting the match, just the, just the fact that it, it, it main evented, uh, you know, Monday Night Raw two weeks in a row, the, the closing segment, the, you know, the close out the show is a testament to them as performers you know, and, and how well that they have told this story. So, um, I didn't really care for the whole, you know, personal trainer shagging up with Daniel Bryan and, and all that that got involved on Monday, but um, this story's been done very well. 
Uh, and a McMahon match is always entertaining, like I said. Vince and Shane have brought it over the years. They may not be the best technical wrestlers, <laughs> but uh, they've definitely made for an entertaining match, and I'm sure Stephanie will not disappoint. I'm sure we'll see some form of outside shenanigans. But I'm picking Brie Bella to win and to blow off this storyline with Stephanie McMahon, and I think I'm going to go with Nikki Bella turning on Brie after the match, one of those sisterly embraces. They hug in the ring. She raises her hand, and boom, she either clotheslines her or kicks her or does something kind of get people going, whoa, wait a minute, what was that all about? And then that's the hook to get you to watch tomorrow night to, to find out that, you know, one's jealous of the other because one's got bigger boobs than the other or what have you. It doesn't really matter, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think the turn's going to be totally irrelevant to what is going on with Stephanie. I don't think Stephanie and the authority are going to hire three sister to turn on her. I don't think, because that's been done a million times over. Um, I think Nikki will do it on her own and she'll have her own reasons behind it. I think some of the stuff that has taken place with Nikki and Stephanie will accelerate that reason, but it won't be the main focus to why she turned on her sister. Good stuff regardless. And you know what? Honestly, it, it, let's just, it brings us right to this. The Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. And there you have it. It's time for the Ken Reedy Show, not of approval. And that's something in the world of pro wrestling that you watch and you just, you kind of nod to yourself. And we do this when we do our pay-per-view pre-game shows. We do a nod of approval and just stuck it in right there because... For me, Stephanie McMahon gets my nod of approval. Everything she has brought to the table has just been phenomenal. I mean, when she when she yelled, "I'm gonna make you my bitch," I it was just tremendous. Um, you just see it. You know, it, it's one of those things where you know Stephanie's been around before. She's done a lot of things in the business, um, but it's like she's grown up and she's starting to realize all her talent. Everything is coming together. Um, you know, as bad, as horrible, as just incredibly ugly the Bella Yeslock was, Stephanie's selling of it with the tongue hanging out was just hilarious. Uh, Stephanie's mocking yes chance has just been great. Uh, in an era where it is difficult to build true heels because people want to cheer who they think is cool, uh, Stephanie is a true heel. She is truly her father's daughter, and I just I've loved everything she's brought to the table uh, over the past few weeks. So for me, Stephanie McMahon gets my nod of approval. Day. I you know what I I wouldn't blame you for 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 giving her the nod because she's done some excellent stuff recently with this Free Bell storyline. But I'm going to give another non-active wrestler, or personality, I should say, um, uh, the nod of approval. I'm going to give it to Paul Heyman for a number of reasons. Uh, for, you know, this storyline with Brock Lesnar and John Cena selling it, it's just been tremendous. His mic work is great. Um, the, like I said, the way that he pronounces words and he uses those words as focal points of the storyline to get over what Brock Lesnar is trying to accomplish is just tremendous. And, he, you know, he can, he can turn it into a T-shirt. Um, so I think it's, uh, you know, he's been the real true force behind this storyline 
and how well it's going to go with him and with uh, Cena and Lesnar. And, of course, the DVD is tremendous. The documentary is great. I loved it. I picked it up. I dragged my girlfriend out at 9 o'clock at night to go to Walmart to get the DVD um, because I wanted to see it. I completely forgot it came out that day, and I was like, oh, I got to get it. So, um, see, Paul Heyman gets mine out of approval. And you know what? I, and I can't argue with that. So there you have it, you know. And, and that's the thing, man. You need, you need the mouthpieces in pro wrestling. So this, this month, two non-wrestlers get the nod, Stephanie McMahon and Paul Heyman. The Ken Reedy Show, nod of approval. And that's what we call in this business a segue, because that brings us to the main event and everything the WWE has done, whether it be the commercials, whether it be the promos, whether it be Paul Heyman's spectacular mic work, we have that big fight feel going into the main event at SummerSlam this evening, Brock Lesnar versus John Cena. Love everything going into setting this match up. Uh, it's been the vignettes have been tremendous. Everything is working uh, for this matchup. Even John Cena, who we have been critical of at times, cutting some very good promos leading up to this matchup. You know, we're going to have blood and vomit uh, in this match. There's so many things going into this. You know, prompted me to go on the network, which is nine ninety nine a month. To go and watch last year's Extreme Rules matchup with Brock and Cena. Absolute brutal match. Are they able to top that match tonight? Remains to be seen. But before we get into predictions, Dave, everything, everything about this matchup, all the, the ducks are in a row, the, the stars are aligned, and it just, it just really has a tremendous, tremendous, Big fight feel, you know. You got. They have to deliver on on something. Something. I don't want to. Maybe they got to give us something special tonight. We got to. You know. They got to give us something that we're, we're going to be. You know. I remember last year watching Extreme Rules, and I was on the phone with you immediately. Like we we're like, oh my god, I can't believe that we're, I'm rewinding the DVR to watch it again, like immediately. Uh, so they gave us something special the last time the two of them were in the ring, and they didn't nearly have the buildup that this matchup has. Uh, Heyman has been tremendous. you got the guy that conquered the streak going against the guy in the company. Just a tremendous build for this main event, Dave. Are you there, Dave? Did we lose Dave? Are you there, Dave? That was weird. Somehow, Blog Talk Radio decided, let's put Dave on hold. The blog talk radio actually hung up on me, and I had to call back. Is that what happened? Yes. The the assholes at blog talk radio hung up on me. It wasn't any kind of technical difficulty. Exactly. We're getting to the main event, no less. Yeah, I know. The main event, like, you couldn't wait. (laughs) So, man, like, so I had this whole big thing that I just did on, on how everything... Is, is aligned for this main event. I, I will I will give you the Cliff Notes version, but basically just putting it out there that uh, everything has been set up properly for this match to give us uh, 
uh, a big fight field to give us, uh, you know, the, the idea that we're going to see something special tonight. Now all that's left are for these two guys to deliver. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, like, like I said, you know, as I was starting to talk, the, the buildup towards Extreme Rules, not nearly as big as this match, but um, it's, I mean, both guys have a history with each other, and I love how that they've, this whole storyline has, has progressed. I personally felt maybe it should have kicked off a little bit differently. I think maybe it should have interfering and getting involved at the Battleground pay-per-view setting up this match with Cena, but you know, the, the way they presented it was done very well, too. Um, the, the, the vignettes, the, 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 the UFC-style sit-down interviews and the, the, the video package that they did um, was tremendous. It really it had kind of that HBO 24-7 feel to it. So for some of you out there that watch HBO, it's a show that documents behind the scenes of uh, some boxing matches that are set to take place in a, in a, in a few weeks prior after that. Um, so it kind of had that feel to it for me, and I thought it was – it seemed more than just a wrestling angle. And, of course, you know, Heyman, Heyman and his work has been great. Lesnar, even some of the stuff that he said, granted they had to chop, probably chop and edit that a few times, um, really put over the fact of how important this match is to him and to Cena. And it just, overall, I think the presentation has been good. I mean, at the end of Raw on Monday, I mean, how cool was it? Yeah, we saw the Hogan birthday, and I thought it was great. But when Lesnar got involved and, like, he stared everybody down, and then he looked at Hogan, and he was like, party's over, Grandpa. You know, I'm a huge Hulkamaniac. I was like, I wanted to see John Cena come out and hurt him because, you know, he, 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 he's such a bully, he's so disrespectful, and, and I don't know. I, I'm just enjoying the storyline. I think it's going to be a vicious match. I think it's going to be a very physical match between the two. I wouldn't be surprised if they throw in at the last minute some, some form of no disqualification match. But to me, in my opinion, Brock Lesnar has to decisively beat John Cena. Not, you know, by, you know, uh, you know, an inch of, you know, by the inch of his life, but he's got to beat him and be the king of the mountain, kind of the way he did to The Undertaker at WrestleMania, to, to really show his mean streak and his mean side with Paul Heyman. What he does after that with the championship, I don't know. But um, I'm going with Brock Lesnar on this one because I think, you know, it would only be fitting for the guy who ended the streak to be the champion. The biggest accomplishment in WWE would be to end the streak, but even as big as that would be to be the champion. I think that's the next step for Lesnar for him to accomplish in order for this run to be seen as successful for Brock Lesnar because I think some of the matches he's had with Triple H weren't as good. The first match with Cena, although it was a very physical and awesome match, a lot of people felt that Lesnar should have won that one right out of the gate because he was just coming back, so... I've liked Lesnar's run, but I think it would be much better if he was the champion to make it even more legitimate. I, I agree. I, I, I'm right there with you. And, and it's interesting because I, I coming into this a while ago, I, I thought it was just an easy prediction. And, and my prediction is Brock as well. Uh, however, I don't think it's as big a slam dunk as it may have been beforehand. Um, you know, I... I you know, it's, I keep going back and forth, like, and, you know, trying to figure out where the WWE wants to go. Now, do they want to go with pushing the guy that beat the streak and really make him a monster heel? Or are they looking to really, really push the idea that John Cena is the greatest WWE champion ever? Um, I, I don't know. 
Um, I'm leaning towards Lesnar, and it's interesting that, you know, coming out of WrestleMania, uh, you know, kudos to the WWE uh, in, in putting this storyline together, you know, losing Daniel Bryan and thinking of what they had to do and right now having that big fight feel uh, for SummerSlam uh, is, is a testament to uh, what creative has been able to do uh, with, with uh you know, scrambling and then putting this together. Uh, it really does have that big fight feel. And I agree with you, you know, people get a little bit critical of the Extreme Rules, but I think if you watch that match again, they, they almost made it seem like it was kind of a fluke that Cena won. He almost got yeah. lost. You know, he, I mean, yeah. he was just dominated, yeah. and Cena grabbed his chains and nailed uh, Lesnar with the chains. So, I, I don't think Lesnar lost much. Again, when you, you know, sometimes in wrestling, I think it's a, it's a blanket statement to say wins and losses don't matter. I think it's more of a statement to just say wins and losses don't always matter. And I think that was that case where Lesnar still came out of that matchup looking like a pretty big badass. Just Cena got lucky in the end. And I'm actually surprised they didn't address that and, and kind of say, hey, you know, Cena got lucky last year. He's not going to get lucky this year. Um, you know, so who knows, and we'll see what happens. And as as we're going through this main event, uh, the pre-show matchup just ended. RVD victorious over Cesaro as Cesaro's stock continues to to plummet in the WWE. Again, all the talent in the world, and we're pretty high on him, but uh, RVD victorious uh, in the pre-show match. So, getting back to this main event again. I would go with Lesnar. I, to me, if you and, and this is the big thing, Dave. If you don't go with with Lesnar, like what was the point of ending the streak? Unless you really want, you know, we've talked about it here. The guy who beats the guy, and for us, we think that's the avenue to push someone new, to push someone young, to get that new main eventer over being the guy who beats the guy. Um, do they want John Cena to be the guy that beats the guy? I don't know if, if that really works well, and I don't know if that helps Lesnar and where you go with Lesnar after the fact. So storytelling-wise, um, I just think it, it, has to, it has to be Brock. you got to use that streak and just build him as, as the ultimate badass. I mean, I would – I don't know, Dave. Like, I keep thinking if, if John Cena wins tonight – where does Brock go after the fact? Well, I mean, it, it doesn't look good for Brock if Brock were to, you know, lose to John Cena um, after he had basically ended the streak. Um, you know, the whole point, I think, as much as you and I both disagreed with Brock being the one to end the streak when we were in New Orleans, we said it shouldn't happen. I, I'm still kind of a firm believer that the streak shouldn't have ended, but considering the performance that took place Undertaker being injured in that match and how the match came off, it kind of was very apropos that Undertaker was portrayed as this, like, weak, beaten soul by this monster Brock Lesnar that it almost made sense for Lesnar to end the streak because, really, Undertaker didn't really put up much of a fight in that match. Um, But the whole purpose of it now, when you look at it, is you're going to build somebody up and you're going to have that person beat the guy who ended the streak, and that would be made as a huge deal because if you had that younger person skip over Brock and beat Undertaker and then they become a 
they don't become a household name and they flop, then you look and you say, well, why did we give the streak to this guy? Whereas you give it to a name like Brock Lesnar, a known commodity. So if he were to lose to this person and this person doesn't come out as a, as a top name and a main eventer down the road and he'd come as a flop, well, at least he beat Brock Lesnar and didn't beat The Undertaker. And it won't be seen as, as big of, an, as big of a, an issue as it would if he were to beat Undertaker. So, but to have him, you know, Brock win the belt and then whoever beats him is the guy that beat the guy that ended the streak, it makes it that much more important and that Brock's the champion. So it doesn't do anything for Cena if Cena were to beat Brock Lesnar tonight. I, I really, truly believe that. Um, I think Lesnar and, uh, you know, Lesnar going forward is, is uh, as a household name. He sells tickets and him as champion and the guy who beat the streak, he's universally hated. It's only going to make people want to see somebody beat him some more. And I think it would be somebody like a, like a Roman Reigns or maybe even a Daniel Bryan if he were to come back. Cena's accomplished everything. If they do this to make him the greatest champion of all time, then you might as well have him lose the belt and then get it back again so he can tie Ric Flair's record or break Ric Flair's record. I don't agree with it, but you've built him up to be this, you know, larger-than-life name, and I don't think he's on the same level as like a Ric Flair or a Hulk Hogan as being greatest champion ever. And, and beating Lesnar, to me, in my opinion, won't do that. So Brock Lesnar has to win, walk away with the title, and become a bigger household name in WWE than he already is to eventually groom and, and have the next guy be brought up to the main event status by him losing to that person. I, I totally agree. I mean, all great points. I totally agree. I mean, I would go so far right now, as I, I would, and I doubt this would happen, but I, I would want Cena off Raw at least a couple of weeks. Like, I want, I want to see at a tight matchup is an exciting, violent match where you get almost a sense of, like, John Cena almost being overmatched but just putting in a really gutsy performance, much like Extreme Rules. A guy that refuses to give up, a guy that, that pushes through the pain, uh, that keeps going after a guy that, that is just uh, an absolute monster and just keeps going but just can't beat him, just, just overmatch him. And I would want to see you know, selling an injury, and he's unable to compete tomorrow night. Like, that's I, – I just think the, the direction to go is just to continue to push push the hell out of Lesnar as this just ultimate monster and then have him mow down some people until you're ready to push the next big thing, whether it's Reigns or, or Daniel Bryan coming back or something else. So that's the direction I would go in. So there you have it. Each and every match looks like a stacked card we got about a minute left, Dave. I told you, I think that uh, Rollins and Ambrose could be a show stealer. If you got to pick one, what do you think the show stealer of the night is? Man, that's tough. Uh, I'm, I go, you know what, as much as you don't like this, I go Dolphin Miz. I think Dolphin Miz would put on a hell of a performance. I, I think most of that would be attributed to Dolph Ziggler. Dolphin Miz would be the show stealer for me. Wow, and there you have it. See, show stealer tonight from Dave. I'm picking Ambrose and Rollins. I think we're going to get a big fight. We had the big fight feel. We're going to get a big, violent, hard-hitting matchup in our main event. Looking forward to tonight's card. Thank you so much, everyone who called in and weighed in. 
Check us out on Facebook. Get on there. We'll put up a chat during the pay-per-view. Give us your thoughts on the pay-per-view throughout the evening. We will be back tomorrow night, 6.30, same place. Listen in for our SummerSlam reaction as we get you ready for Monday Night Raw. It is SummerSlam time for Dave. I am Ken. Enjoy. Good night, everybody.